Hello, hi, howdy, and welcome to the Wrangler Waves podcast. Today we are continuing our Black History Month conversation on black resilience. My name is Gene A. White Jr., and today's episode is dedicated to the late civil rights leader and congressman John Lewis and his legacy of resistance and activism. We will be exploring his life and contributions to the fight for racial justice and how his work continues to inspire change today. Our special guest for today's episode is Dr. Gregory Williams, the president of Odessa College. I'll share more about him and his work later on, but for now, let's get into the show. John Lewis was born in Troy, Alabama in 1940. He grew up in a family of sharecroppers and was inspired to fight for civil rights at a young age. At the age of 15, Lewis attended a lecture by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and became inspired to join the movement for racial equality. He was arrested for the first time while participating in a peaceful sit-in protest at a segregated lunch counter in Nashville, Tennessee. Lewis went on to become one of the big six leaders of the civil rights movement, participating in key events such as the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom and leading the now infamous march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama in 1965. John Lewis dedicated his life to the fight for racial justice and equality, and his legacy continues to inspire activists today. One of his most famous quotes, never ever be afraid to make some noise and get in good trouble. Necessary trouble has become a rallying cry for those who continue the fight for social justice. Lewis was also a champion for voting rights and was instrumental in passing the Voting Rights Act of 1965, which helped to end voting discrimination against African Americans. In 2020, the world lost a true icon of resistance and change with the passing of John Lewis, but his legacy lives on and his work continues to inspire new generations of activists and leaders. From the Black Lives Matter protests to the recent push for voting rights, Lewis's legacy continues to be a source of inspiration for those who fight for racial justice and equality. John Lewis was a major disruptor to the status quo. He followed his inspiration to change the world and to make necessary noise and get into good trouble. We stand on the shoulders of men like John Lewis and their work. And I want to bring on the show one of those men committed to breaking the status quo and inspiring change. Dr. Gregory Williams. Dr. Williams, the president of Odessa College, has served as its president since 2007 and has taken the college through systematic transformation. Under his leadership, the Odessa College team has broken institutional records in enrollment, student retention and fundraising. In 2017 and 2019, the college received the Rising Star Award for Community College Excellence from the Aspen Institute. Dr. Williams has served on a number of local, state, and national boards, including his most recent role as the board chair of Achieving the Dream. It is an honor and a privilege to speak with you today, Dr. Williams. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, sir. Absolutely. So right into it, the American Council on Education reported that in 2017 that college presidents were serving an average of 6.5 years in that position. Now, this is compared to seven years back in 2011 and eight and a half in 2006. So for those of 
us who may not know, how long have you been the president at Odessa College? I've been the president here for over 16 years. I'm currently in my 17th year, so uh, I am defying the odds, I guess. Yes, you are. You're definitely an anomaly. Um, you're not only an exception to the status quo, but also, in my opinion, you're you're fortunate enough to provide transformational leadership uh, to the institution where you actually got your start. And so I went back in, I did a little research just trying to figure out, you know, did you start, you know, in a community college area where you got your degrees from? And I saw that you actually got your start here. So can you describe the role of the community college and how it played a role in helping you achieve the success that you've had so far in your career. Yes, sir. Uh, first of all, I want to make it clear to you, thank you for doing this, uh, this work and uh, for helping us to uh, communicate more effectively with our community. And I, and I know you do a lot of things and uh, it's, it's appreciated. And I know you, you're taking time out of your day as you become the new dean around here trying to figure things out. So uh, thank you for taking the time to, to help us. I also believe, I'm, I'm not really sure, but I think I saw you singing in a college-type choir like an hour or so ago. So uh, you, you're doing some things, sir. And I do I, a little bit. <laughs> and it is certainly appreciated. I think when you go to a, I know you're in a, a new place here. You've been here for almost two months, mm -hmm. and uh, you've, you've jumped in and made yourself at home. And I think that's that's important. You've made yourself a part of our family, and uh, we and I know you're comfortable. Uh, Absolutely, we, we need to continue to work at that to make you even more comfortable. But uh, we're for, we're fortunate to have you, and uh, we we would not be the college we are without you and people like you. You you talked about the community college. I know you're wondering will I will he ever answer my question? <laughs> no, we <good>. yeah so. <laughs> Gene and I are going to cut up on this, so you, you guys have to understand. We, we're just going to make we, we're both wearing bow ties today, so indeed. <laughs> so you have to understand. We're, we're going to cut up a little bit, but community colleges are vital to communities. We we serve as that um, knowledge base. We we serve as a, a meeting place. Uh, we serve as home away from home. We many times, uh, as Starbucks would say we serve as that third place, right, between home and work. And, uh, and we give our students the opportunity to enhance and advance themselves. So uh, I'm all about community. I'm all about giving people second, third, fifth chances. I'm all about helping and supporting. And uh, being a part of a community college, is, that's, that's what I get to do on a daily basis. Uh, that's the investment I'm allowed to make. I, I feel uh, that the work is important. And, and when you were talking about those years, uh, let, let's go back to that. When we're talking about the number of years I've been able to and I've been able to and blessed to serve in this role in year 17, I think it's it's even more surprising that I'm able to to do it for as long as I have because I don't simply show up and do the work. I'm as you talked about, I try to be transformational. I try to be innovative. I want to be creative. I am um, I'm opposed to status quo when status quo is not good enough. Uh, there are some things that are, that are okay as they are, but we in the community college, we know we have work to do. We know that our outcomes have not been what they need to be. Uh, we have not helped enough students to do what they want to do and need to do. 
So we have to make changes. And uh, not everyone loves change, and you've heard all kinds of stories about that. But uh, my job is to help people to embrace change, to see that change is necessary, and then uh, to get about our, to be about our work and to get on with the work. And, um, man, I'm, I'm proud to be able to do what I do. Love community colleges. Absolutely. See, your response there just made me skip a question, and I can come back to that question. But that was going to be one of my questions is like, you know, what's the secret? You know what I mean? You've been here 17 years. Um, you, you're breaking the norms when it comes to a, a college president, especially a college president, period, but in a community college. But what fuels you and, and what's that drive each and every day that makes you come into the office and do as, you know, the great John Lewis says is to he advises us to get into some good trouble. You know, I've heard you say that sometimes we have to break things to make them better. We have to go against the grain and we have to break that norm. And so what is that fire that fuels you to go for 17 years where others are leaving and going and, and, and making other choices with their particular career? Great, great question. It's I'm motivated by the students. It's I, I, I think most of us will tell you we're student-centered, but uh, I think that is truly my, my guide, my, um, my direction, my roadmap is what are we doing for our students? How are we, how are we doing the work? Uh, are we getting better? I'm also very competitive. I, I think if, uh, if I'm in a situation, my job is to, when I leave that situation, leave it better than I found it. Mm-hmm. My job is to, if we're going to take taxes, as my, my man Chris Rock once said, uh, and not just have people pay taxes, but literally take taxes <laughs> from people, then darn it, we need to give them a good return on their investment. Mm. And uh, I am proud to be that. I think we're a wonderful value for people. And uh, if, if, I can be a part, if I'm going to be a part of something, we're not going to back up uh, to get our paychecks. We're going to be proud of our checks. We're going to be proud. I mean, we all want to make a good living, certainly, and do wonderful things for our families and, and uh, have a good retirement situation. We all want that. But it can't be about that. That needs to be a byproduct. Mm-hmm. It needs to be about the work. How are we changing lives? How are we making people better? And uh, that that motivates me. I get to when I when I see and you you've heard me say this. I hope, but new people like you get me going because how can I? You know, my brother from Arkansas. How do I help him uh, to be better uh, than when he met me? I want you after. 10, 20, 30 years to look back and say, that was a good experience for me. That helped to propel my career, that that meeting or that position, that role helped me. So I, I like to invest in, in people, uh, the employees of the college, the students of the college are very important. And I'm always trying to become a better human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I, I, I used to always say that I want us to be the best community college in the nation, and that's that's real. But in addition to that, I want us to be the best humans that we can possibly be uh, at Odessa College. And I want people when they, after they have experienced us to say, wow, that is a special place with special people. And uh, if, if we can do that, if we can become the best community college in the nation, and if people, when they encounter us, if they will say, those are some of the best people I've ever encountered, 
Man, that's a pretty good career, and I'll be excited about that. Well, I can definitely testify to that particular experience because that was my experience coming here for the uh, Odessa College Leadership Institute. And when I left here, that's how I felt, you know. And so it was just, it's a special place, and I'm fortunate to actually be here now uh, full time and actually haven't gotten a chance to experience that process and this culture itself. That's what attracted me so much was the culture here and the people. They're just amazing. Um, when we, you talked earlier about the um, community college and giving second chances and third chances and, and, and having given that opportunity for those who mess it up to be able to have that chance to come back and get it right. So that was my experience when I came through a four-year university. It was that I screwed it up. I screwed up a, a, a full scholarship playing golf. They were paying for everything, and I screwed it up. And then there were some things there that were um, barriers that I didn't necessarily overcome, but the community college actually brought me a second chance that allowed me to come back and do good work. And that particular experience is the only reason that I'm here in in higher education again was because of that second chance that the community college gave me. For you, what would you say is the most important lesson that you've learned so far in your journey towards the, uh, towards success? Gene, what I wanted to say first, if I if I knew you better, I would say, and and for the people who don't know you, Gene, Gene looks like he could go play left tackle for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Uh, and and there were times this year when we needed him. But all, also, I will say that I was going to say, man, how does a brother mess up a university golf scholarship? I would say that if I knew you better, Gene, but I, I don't know you as well. Now. I can I'm, tell I'm you the story. <laughs> <laughs> we, maybe that's on another episode, but I can tell you the story. <laughs> all right. So we'll, we'll chill a little into that next episode. Okay. So uh, what was the question again, Gene? I'm, I'm so what what is your most important lesson that you've learned in your journey to success? Okay. It's it's about the people. Mm-hmm. It's about people and we all make mistakes and uh we we are all going to mess this up. Like you talked about you here's the thing. You you were almost destined to mess up. Mm-hmm. And and I and I and I say that because we 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 give so much freedom, so much access, so much change to a 17 or 18 year old. And then we give them more money probably than they've had, more freedom than they've had. They're seeing more girls or boys than they've ever seen before. And then we're like, you're on your own. Go do this. Don't mess it up. Yeah, right. Most of us are going to mess it up, right? I mean, if, in all honesty, most of us are going to do that. Absolutely. Because it's hard to focus at that time. And you have all that freedom and you don't know. I mean, when I would bet when you were in high school, you had people watching you much more closely than you did when you were in college. Yes. I mean, that's, that's most of our experience. So again, I'm. I think what's important to me is is to be human, mm. to understand that other people are going through things, to to have uh, patience, to be. Uh, but most important is to be kind. Mm. E- even when I'm upset with you, or even when I know that you may not be the right person for this role necessarily, or we may need to move on and transition from each other, either in a relationship or in a work situation, I can still be kind. Mm. There's nothing wrong with kindness ever. So, mm-hmm. if so, that's who I am. I, I want to treat people well, mm-hmm. and uh, but also I'm going to do my job. Mm-hmm. But you cannot. We can always treat each other well, and I think that's the secret sauce. Treat Absolutely. people well. 
Absolutely. You know, <clears throat> for me, that was one of the things that I learned from my father at a, at a young age, and that was that he had a, a, a older sister who told him that she said, Jeannie, because I'm a junior, but she called him Jeannie. She said, you could talk to uh, anybody. She said, you can talk to the Queen of England or a bum on the street. And so when he told me that story, I thought, wow, that's the kind of man I want to be. I don't want to know a stranger. I want to be as friendly and as kind to everybody as possible. And, you know, those are some of those things. It's like several lessons like that that we kind of learn and we pick up as we go along. And I know for me, those are things that help me. That's why I wear a smile, you know, on my face everywhere I go. I try to make sure I keep that smile on there. But no, may, I, that, may I jump in? I know you yeah, think, absolutely. I know you think no. this is your podcast and you're supposed <laughs> to ask all the questions. You're the feature guest. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I want to give you the praise my goal, I mean, it's it's never really about me, mm-hmm. and and that's the way I live. Once you get to know me more, you'll know how uncomfortable <laughs> this whole thing is when you're talking about me and asking me questions, because I know I mean, it's about the college. It's about the work. Absolutely. It's not about me, so I get that. But uh, I, I want to give you the praise, because as you come in, you meet people so well. You're so friendly. You're so open. You're so kind. Uh, many times, you're the biggest guy in the room, but you don't try to act like a bully. You don't try to to, to beat people up, uh, quote unquote. You try to to be open and kind and graceful, and you don't have to be. I right. mean, you you could get through life doing it a different way uh, that a smaller person couldn't. But you're able to be you're a large person and you're graceful, and you don't try to intimidate. Mm-hmm. You try to. Um, be open and you try to welcome others in. Mm-hmm. So I need to give you that praise. Sir. I Thank appreciate you it. Absolutely. As I was learning to play golf, my dad was taking me to the golf course one day and he said, and he told me, he said, man, look, you're going, you're young. I think I was about 13 or 14. He said, you're young. There are going to be some older guys out here. They're going to have ideas about how they can help you with your swing. They can do this and, you know, and everything. He said, some of the stuff you're going to be able to use, some of the stuff you're not going to be able to use, he said. The stuff that you can use in those tips, he said, then use them. Keep them. He said, the things that you can't use, he said, then throw them away. But always listen and always be respectful. So I've lived my whole life through that piece of it. It's like, you know, people always have an opinion. They always have these ideas about things and how stuff should be done. But the stuff I can use, I keep. Those other things that I can't use, I throw them away. But I'm always open to the. I'm, I'm like a sponge. I try to, you know, uh, soak up as much as possible and observe, listen more, and talk less. <laughs> it's a great point because we should all aim to be better today. Mm-hmm. When when we when we wake up in the morning and I do my morning exercise and I'm listening to my audio book and I'm going through all my paces and I'm getting ready to go and I, and I drive to work and, and I'm listening to something uh, entertaining and educational at the same time. My goal for the day is to learn something. What can I learn and apply to um, my everyday existence? Uh, what can I share? You'll you'll hear me or you'll see me sharing on Twitter. On I, I tweet something every day that I, I hope is educational and or inspirational and or supportive of someone. I will I'll, I'll do something like that every day. So I'm, I'm, I'm grinding every day, trying to be better than I was yesterday, trying to be better than the day before. So I, I agree. And we, if you use your ears a little bit more than your mouth, mm-hmm. you can learn something and, and you can apply it. You know, so I was looking also, you know, coming in as a, as a, a new employee to a brand new city, a brand new institution, you start to look at different things. And 
where I came from before looked a lot different than what the demographics look at now. And so I looked at, you know, in, in the spirit of Black History Month and talking about black resistance and what we're focusing on here is the resilience. So because we know we have the resistance, we know we have the challenges. So we're looking at those people who are successful and who have overcome so those challenges and, and have had whatever level of success that people perceive or they perceive themselves. So I was looking at the makeup of um, black individuals in Odessa at 6.5%, then looking at the makeup of our black individuals here and students on campus at 5.5%. Do you see where you have a desire? Um, sure, we have a desire, but where there can be that constantly improvement of trying to get more of that percentage up when it comes to black students. Um, I, I will say that one of the things I've noticed about you is that you're very into equity and the diversity and inclusion of everybody, not just as a buzzword, but as a practice. And so how, what are your thoughts on trying to increase that enrollment and just uh, it, are there any initiatives that are focused in on trying to get more of the black individuals into the campus? We we try mm -hmm. we try hard and uh, to and, and as you you noted before, I want everybody to come to college, mm -hmm. right? So uh, I, I'm we're going to do everything that we can. We'll even give away cars and trucks to get people, and literally, right? As you literally, know, yes, to get people to come to college. I'll I'll come up with all <laughs> kinds of stuff to sneak up on you and get you to come to college. We'll give you the first class free. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll we'll give you scholarships. We'll support you with pale. And uh, that whole experience. So, yes, we, we want the numbers to improve, but we really want all numbers to improve. Mm -hmm. And I want everyone to uh, feel that they – I want everyone to come to college. Mm -hmm. And I want everyone to feel that they have that special place available to them. So our initiative is to love people, mm -hmm. create beautiful environments, and uh, to, to have teams of people go out and knock on your door. It's, it's kind of like what you, you've heard about that man in the <laughs> desert, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, the camel comes along, and, and he passes up the camel, then the jeep, and then the helicopter, right? And and then he gets to heaven, and he says, you know, Lord, why have you forsaken me? And the Lord said, I sent the camel, I sent the jeep, and the helicopter. Right. So that, <laughs> I'm sending everything I can. I'm not the Lord by any means, but we're sending every opportunity to, to every person. But not only do we want you to come here, and we've done well. I mm -hmm. mean, our numbers have improved tremendously. and And when you see that, Here's what's interesting. When you see that 5 or 6%, keep in mind that we've doubled the enrollment in the last 15, 16 years. Mm -hmm. So so black student numbers have gone up. Mm -hmm. Hispanic student numbers have gone up. Mm -hmm. uh, Anglo student numbers have gone up. Every demographic has grown, gone up. Because if we weren't make, having that same success with every group, then numbers would have fallen in, in certain categories. So it's, uh, so it's really a testimony to... Uh, our overall efforts, because if you you looked, I know you saw that chart today, mm -hmm. and it is off the charts almost. Yes. <laughs> success yes, absolutely. But when I bring in more Anglo students, man, I have to really bring do a lot to bring in more Black students because that number is going to be thrown off a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Or uh, mm -hmm. impacted when you're talking about percentages, right? So, but if you look at that overall bottom line, we've done well, right? But can we do better? Yes, sir. absolutely. So, so you've had a lot of growth. We've had a lot of growth since 2011 to where we are now. And you say the last 15 to 16 years. What did you have moments back in the very 
beginning of your tenure here as a president where you just thought, I mean, the challenges, it's an uphill battle. You know, how are we going to do this? You know, what steps do we need to take? And then as you had that, those thoughts in that process, what was the trigger? What did you change or what was the thing you said, okay, maybe if we start here at A, then we can start looking to get to Z at the end of this this transition in this role. If, if you remember, we in 2010, I believe, or 2011, we have the defunding scare, mm. right? Where the state of Texas says, you guys haven't grown enough over the last 20 years, so do you even need to exist as a college? And that was a really bad question on behalf of the, on the part of the state of Texas, because we, we, we were an older college. We, we've been around now 76, 77 years, so we had, our enrollments had stabilized at, at 4,500 or so. So I used that as momentum. Mm-hmm. I said, we're, we're not going to ever be as big as Dallas in, in Texas and, or Houston or Austin, but darn it, if they do want to ever question us again, they're going to question the best community college in the country. So we're going to start kicking butt, doing our thing, and, uh, and we will get attention. We, I, I, we will not be as big as Dallas. But darn it, we we can we can be as well known if nationally if we do our thing the way we were supposed to. So that motivated me. I used that as my charge, and it was like, why? I mean, let's do everything we can. Let's burn the boats if we need to. Hell, we're going. To, they're going to close us anyway if if we don't do something. So let's go let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> so we just put our our you know pedal to the metal, foot on the gas, whatever you want to say. And uh, we we started saying we said let's try it let's do something. I say we go that changed us. <laughs> we going now. It's gonna be a Viking funeral. Let's yes, <laughs> yes. So that was the worst thing that ever happened to me in my career, and the best thing that ever happened to mm. me in my career. And and uh, it's but what I would say to others is don't wait for don't wait for a defunding scare or a major problem to happen in your world. Practice being bold. Take a chance. It's okay. You're gonna. Life is about taking risks, and uh, whatever your profession, whatever you, whether you're a student or a professional, be prepared. Take your risks. Do your best, and try to be the very best at what you do. Whether you're in athletics or if you're in medicine or business, uh, or if you're sweeping streets, as Martin would say be the best street sweeper in the world so that people from all around, as we talk about Black History Month, will say, man, that was a great street sweeper. That's what I'm doing, man. I'm, I'm sweeping streets to the best of my ability. I love it. And you really kind of answered the last question I was going to have, but you may have some other advice. So I was going to say, what advice would you give to black or any students in general who are considering attending community college and pursuing their higher education? Don't if if you if you decide to attend a community college, which is a great idea by the way. I, th- I think we're one of the best kept secrets out there because there are a lot of people who will go and they're lamenting their college debt. We can help you with that. There are people who uh, want access to certain programs. As you know, we can help you with that. It's get if once you get that associate's degree, we can help get you into the program you want. And then once you get that bachelor's degree, that uh, diploma is going to have the name of that university on it, and it costs you about a half the price. So if, if you need to save money, if you need to be closer to home, if you need more time to, to mature, 
Uh, if you need to be around mama just a little bit longer, we get all of that. It's okay to be, it's okay to stay at home for a couple more years. It's okay to save money. It's okay to be a wise investor in your education because the community college has tremendous value. Chemistry is chemistry. English uh, 2301 is English 2301. Uh, it's, it can even be harder or easier at the community college versus the university. You know that. It depends on the curriculum. It depends on the way the teacher delivers it. It can depend on, it can be the style of the person of delivering the, the course. Don't listen to the noise. Get it where you can and keep it moving. And the community college is a great place to start. Absolutely, absolutely. I appreciate it. Dr. Williams, we're going to have to do this again. I mean, just I've enjoyed this and I, I really appreciate you taking that time to come out and to have this conversation with me. I, we got a ton more that we can talk about. Hopefully I can get you back, you know, um, but soon, you, soon. You, you should get me back. We need to talk about music. And I, I saw this thing about this 50 years of, was it 50 years of hip hop or rap? or Yeah, absolutely. I'm like 50, that's 73. <laughs> I remember rappers delight, but that was in the late seventies. What did I miss? Well, so they, you, you're going gonna have back. to help educate me, right? You know, well, we're gonna look at this PBS special, and then we can have commentary on that too. You yes. know, so we could do that. Let's, let's <laughs> do, we can do that. We can talk cars. We can talk financial uh, decision making. I know you're a frugal person. I love that you're making some wise financial decisions. <laughs> I try. We, we can talk about a lot of things, man. Yes, and. Uh, because I'm in the business of helping people. Absolutely. Indeed. Dr. Williams, we appreciate you. Thank you for coming out. Tune in next time for the Wrangler Waves Audio Podcast. Thanks. Thanks.